What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast on the movies Cyrano and the Survivor. First, let's talk about Cyrano. Here's a quick synopsis. Cyrano de Bergerac is a guard who has secretly loved his best friend Roxanne for years without telling her and ends up helping her fall in love with someone else. The film stars Peter Dinklage, Haley Bennett, Kelvin Harrison Jr., and Ben Mendelsohn. Standout performances since breaking out in Todd McCarthy's 2000 and Freeze the Station Agent, Peter Dinklage has been one of the most consistent actors working today. He of course starred in Game of Thrones from 2011 to 2019 where he won four Emmy Awards. He's also had roles on some of the biggest movies of the last decade, 2014's X-Men Days of Future Past, which I thought he was excellent in, and 2018's Avengers Infinity War. And he was great in supporting roles in both 2018's Free Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and 2021's I Care A Lot. In Cyrano, he gives his best leading performance since the station agent. I thought he was good singing and endlessly captivating as the character. Cyrano. I was super impressed after seeing Haley Bennett in 2018's Thank You for Your Service with Miles Teller and in director Antonio Campus's 2020's The Devil All the Time. She's equally impressive in Cyrano as Roxanne, a woman who is being lusted over by free men. Her opening musical number is especially incredible. And finally, what will it take for the world to realize Kelvin Harrison Jr. should be a massive, massive movie star. He's given solid lead performances in 2018's Loose, 2019's Waves, and 2020's Monster, and supporting performances in 2017's It Comes at Night, 2020's The Photograph, The High Note, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. In Cyrano, he has one of the best scenes in the movie when Cyrano tells him Roxanne loves your soul, and he responds, you are my soul. It's a heartbreaking moment for Harrison's Christian. I personally feel like we should be talking about Kelvin Harrison Jr. the same way we're talking about Timothy Chalamet, the same way we're talking about Lucas Hedges. He's that good of an actor. And has a really good singing voice. He's proven it in the high note with Dakota Johnson and in Cyrano. Peter Dinklage will next star in American Dreamer with Shirley MacLaine, Matt Dillon, and Danny Glover. The Toxic Avenger with Jacob Tremblay, Taylor Page, and Elijah Wood and Brothers with Josh Brolin, Glenn Close and Brendan Fraser and Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s next roles will be in Baz Luhrmann's Elvis with Austin Butler, Chevalier with Samara Weaving and the live action Lion King sequel directed by Barry Jenkins where Kelvin Harrison Jr. will be voicing the character of Scar. I'm a huge fan of the early work of director Joe Wright. 2005's Pride and Prejudice and 2007's Atonement are masterpieces and are both visually stunning. 2011's Hannah, 2012's Anna Karenina are both very good. 2009's The Soloist and 2017's The Darkest Hour are average. 2015's Pan and 2021's The Woman in the Window are both really bad. Wright is a mixed bag as a filmmaker. And what I would say about Cyrano is it's a good movie, but it lacks excitement. It has really good performances. The songs are not bad at all. 
It's just missing something. It's a decent looking period piece as you would expect from Wright. I just don't think Wright has lived up to the potential and the expectations we all had for him. I mean, he really made a massive improvement from his first to his second film, but now he feels like just another average filmmaker. He's no longer on that list of must-see filmmakers. What I really want out of Wright is for him to reunite with Kira Knightley. That pair got the best out of each other. They did their best work together in Pride and Prejudice, where Kira Knightley got nominated for an Oscar, and Atonement, which is arguably the best Knightley has been on screen. I desperately need the pair to make a fourth film. It's been a decade since they worked together on Anna Karenina. Far too long. Joe Wright was a director who was challenging the medium of movies with Anna Karenina and Pan. I don't love either movie. Pan is bad, but it's different than a basic Peter Pan adaptation. Now it feels like because of his recent failures like Pan and The Woman in the Window, he's making basic movies like The Darkest Hour and Cyrano, which are good, but basic. And in basic is the last thing I want from Joe Wright. Wright's next film is set to be Stoner starring Casey Affleck. Cyrano had major Oscar buzz upon its release. There were critics who thought Dinklage was a shoe-in for his first Oscar nomination, but release delays and lack of box office success kept the movie mostly out of the Academy Awards. Its lone nomination was for makeup design. I do think it's insane to watch all these musicals this past year and for only Andrew Garfield and Ariana DeBose, who won, to get nominated. Rachel Zegler, Mike Feist, and Robin DeJesus and Peter Dinklage all should have been nominated as well. Getting back to Cyrano, like I said, it's a quality movie that lacks excitement. To be a movie musical and stand out in today's world, you need to be exciting and fresh, the way La La Land and Tick Tick Boom are. Cyrano is a story that has been adapted many times, and this version has made subtle changes. Dinklage character lacks the iconic nose, but for the most part, it's a straightforward adaptation. I think one of the reasons Steven Spielberg's West Side Story wasn't a hit at the box office is because it too is a remake. I don't think straightforward adaptations of anything that's already been a movie is the way to go in 2022. You need to either remake it with a new fresh idea or don't remake it at all. Overall, Cyrano is good, but not that memorable. The look of the movie and the performances are solid, but the film is missing something. 2021 was a big year for movie musicals, so I thought now would be a great time to give my official ranking of the 2021 musical. So here they are, number six, Dear Evan Hansen. This movie is a train wreck, and the only thing I enjoyed about it was Caitlin Deaver. The rest of it was bad. Number five, unfortunately, Cyrano. The early hype for this movie had my expectations high, and the movie, although good, did not live up to those expectations. Number four, Annette. This movie is bonkers. Adam Driver and Simon Helberg are captivating. This is far and away the strangest movie of 2021. Number three, In the Heights. Anthony Ramos goes full movie star in this film. This is definitely the most overlooked movie musical of last year. It is really interesting that after directing In the Heights, John Chu is going to direct the Wicked movie starring Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo. And it was announced earlier this week that the Wicked movie will be broken up into two films. That sounds like a bad idea, but I'm interested to see where that goes. The number two movie musical of 2021 is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, Rachel Zegler, Ariana DeBose, 
Bose and Mike Feist are giving their takes on these iconic cinematic characters and they nail it. One of the best remakes you'll ever see. And number one is Lin-Manuel Miranda's Tick Tick Boom. Andrew Garfield gives my favorite performance of 2021. This movie is electric and non-stop and really shows what it's like to be a creative person. I don't know how to feel about the state of the movie musical. While I really liked four of the six movies that came out in 2021, it's hard to call any of them hits. West Side Story and Tick Tick Boom are critical hits, but West Side Story was not a box office one, and I'm not sure how many people have really seen Tick Tick Boom. Was this the last chance for movie musicals to remain relevant, or will they continue to be made at this pace? I'll say this, I know we're not living in the golden age of the movie musicals, but there are still decent ones being made, and I highly recommend you check out all six of these 2021 movie musicals. Musicals are not my favorite genre of films. I prefer sci-fi and westerns, but I still really enjoy a very good, well-made musical. And La La Land in particular was one of those movies that changed the way about how I feel about movies. That was one of those movies that made me fall in love with movies. I watched that movie and I was like, wow, I need to watch more movies like this immediately. And I can talk about how none of these 2021 movie musicals were box office hits, but it wasn't that long ago The Greatest Showman, an original movie musical, was killing it at the box office. La La Land made $300 million. My point is, I still think it's possible for a non-Disney film movie musical to be a massive hit at the box office, and I really hope they do continue to be made. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie The Survivor. Here's a quick synopsis. During World War II, Harry Haft is forced to become a boxer and fight his fellow prisoners while being held up in a concentration camp. He's taken that career up in America, but has never really shared his story until he talks to a reporter in hopes of finding his lost love. The film stars Ben Foster, Vicky Kripes, Peter Sarsgaard, Danny DeVito, John Leguizamo, and Billy Manguson. Spotlight performances. Ben Foster has long been thought of by many as one of the best actors of his generation. He's given, in my opinion, three of the best performances in Westerns in 2007's Free Ten to Yuma with Christian Bale and Russell Crowe, 2016's Hell or High Water with Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges, and 2017's Hostiles, again with Christian Bale and Rosman Pike. In those films, he's mostly playing rebellious characters or outlaws. Foster has also been excellent in Kill Your Darlings, Ain't Them Body Saints, and Lone Survivor. All three films came out in 2013, and in 2018's Leave No Trace, as a protective father, his daughter was played by Thomas and Mackenzie. In The Survivor, Foster has to play a character who is seen at various points in his life and is dealing with PTSD and not really knowing it. His commitment to this performance reminded me of an old-school Robert De Niro performance circa 1977, and due to the boxing element, I couldn't help but think of Raging Bull. Foster deserves his first Oscar nomination for his incredible performance. Vicky Kripe's coming off of last year's Bergman Island is excellent in The Survivor. From the moment she first appeared on screen to the last scene, she's great and has real chemistry with Foster. I think people are going to start to know her outside of her role in Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread. Actor Peter Sarsgaard is showing his incredible range these last two years. First in 2021, he had a leading role in the miniseries Dope Sick and had supporting roles in The Lost Daughter directed by his wife Maggie Gyllenhaal and The Guilty 
voice only. And in 2022, he's had supporting roles in the Batman as the crooked district attorney. And in the Survivor, he is the reporter whom half shares his story with. Peter Sarsgaard is one of the best character actors working today. And finally, Billy Mangison is someone who I first saw in Disney's Into the Woods, where he sings a duet with Chris Pine. He's playing a dim-witted prince who falls in love with Rapunzel. In the years since, his resume is stacked with good movies. He's had roles in Bridge of Spies, The Big Short, Game Night, he's really funny in that one, Velvet Buzzsaw, Big Studio Fair, like the live-action Aladdin, and the final Daniel Craig-led James Bond movie, No Time to Die. He also had a role in the Sopranos prequel movie, The Many Saints of Newark, where he plays fan-favorite character Polly as a youngster. In The Survivor, he's playing the Nazi who is profiting off of half becoming a boxer. He has the most chilling quote of the film, All great empires are built off the destruction of other people. Ben Foster will next star in Hustle with Adam Sandler, Emancipation with Will Smith if that film ever gets released, and finest kind with Tommy Lee Jones and Jenna Ortega. The Survivor is directed by Barry Levinson who has directed classics including 1982's Diner, his debut film, followed by 1984's The Natural with Robert Redford. In my favorite of his performances, Robert Duvall, Glenn Close, and Kim Basinger are also in the film. 1987's Good Morning Vietnam which showed not only is the late great Robin Williams funny, he also had dramatic chops to carry a weighty film like that. It also features a very young Forrest Whitaker. I love the dynamic between Robin Williams and Forrest Whitaker in Good Morning Vietnam. 1988, Levinson directed Rain Man with two of the best movie stars ever, Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. Hoffman went on to win Best Actor for his performance and Levinson won Best Director and the film won Best Picture. 1997, he directed Wag the Dog, one of the best political satires ever made, again with Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, and Dennis Leary in his best performance. It's been a while since Levinson has made a worthwhile film, and that's exactly what he's done with The Survivor. Levinson shows why he's one of the best directors ever. I think Levinson's best skill set as a director is getting great performances from movie stars. Robert Redford, Tom Cruise, Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams, Forrest Whitaker have all done some of their best work in his movies. Sometimes it's bad to be the leading man in movies because they are often the dullest part of the film. That's not the case with Levinson. For the most part, his leading men are the best parts in his movies. Many people's favorite Tom Cruise movie is Rain Man. Robin Williams got his first ever Oscar nomination for Good Morning Vietnam. And Redford might have already been a major, major movie star when The Natural came out, but he is iconic in that film. It's also crazy how early on Levinson was good at making movies. I mean, The Natural was his second film and it starred Robert Redford. Robert Duvall is in the movie. Levinson is next set to direct Francis and The Godfather, a movie about the making of the beloved classic Godfather, with Oscar Isaac playing Francis Ford Coppola, Jake 
Hall as the producer, Robert Evans. Elle Fanning and Elizabeth Moss are also in this movie. I really hope this film gets made. Because from what I'm hearing, the television show about the making of The Godfather, the offer starring Miles Teller, is not very good. And also, who doesn't want to see Oscar Isaac play Francis Ford Coppola? The Survivor is an example of how some of the best biopics are about people who are not super famous. We know the stories of so many people who get movies made about them, like Madonna who's getting a biopic. For the most part, we know her story. The Elvis movie is coming. We know Elvis. We know these people. With this movie, you have a subject in Harry Haft who many people, including myself, have no idea who he is, and they are going to be blown away by this story. I was discovering who this person was. I had no idea who Harry Haft was. It's not like watching Rocket Man. I know who Elton John is, Bohemian Rhapsody. I know who Freddie Mercury is. I have never heard the name Harry Haft, and now I will never forget it. I think we have who should get biopics backwards. We give it to the most well-known human beings on the planet. I think we need to tell the stories of the people who we should know. We should all know the story of Harry Haft, and hopefully you'll watch The Survivor and learn it. And what makes Haft the perfect subject for a biopic is he has a clear event you can base the movie around. He was a boxer who was turned into a boxer in a concentration camp. That's the subject of the movie. That's all you need, and that's fascinating. Like, I don't know the story. The problem with other biopics of other super famous people is they don't know what to make the movie about. For example, Respect with Jennifer Hudson playing Aretha Franklin. I watched that movie. I did a podcast on it. I have no idea what that movie is about. What is the story of Aretha Franklin? What that movie is, is just a bunch of moments where Aretha Franklin became famous. It doesn't tell me anything about Aretha Franklin. When you watch The Survivor, you are learning about Harry Haft. You are learning about his story. And it's an incredibly tragic story what Harry Haft had to endure, but I feel like most people should watch this movie and learn that story. I think that's what the purpose of the biopic should be. I also loved how the movie really isn't about boxing. I mean, there have been so many great boxing movies. I didn't want this movie to be a cheesy boxing movie. I've seen that. I've loved that. I love The Fighter. I love Raging Bull. I've seen those movies. This is not that there's barely any boxing, and I loved this movie for that. I didn't need this movie to be a boxing movie. I needed this movie to tell the story of this man, and that's what it did, and it did it perfectly. I mean, it's crazy. This man became a professional boxer in America after being a boxer in a concentration camp, not for money, not for fame, to find his love and to see if she's still alive. And I don't want to spoil it, but he also kind of sacrifices his reputation to achieve this goal. Overall, I didn't know what to expect from The Survivor, and what I got was a high-quality movie that perfectly showcases its leading man, Ben Foster. If you watch this movie and don't think Ben Foster is a top-five leading man, I don't know what movie you're watching. His accent was perfect. Again, his commitment to this performance reminded me of a classic Robert De Niro performance, and that is the highest compliment I can give that performance.
Lawrence. Give this man his first Oscar nomination now. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday and I highly recommend you watch The Survivor. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the movies Everything, Everywhere, All at Once starring Michelle Yeoh, Kihi Kwan, and Jamie Lee Curtis directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert and The Outfit starring Dylan O'Brien, Zoe Deutsch, Johnny Flynn, and Mark Ryland. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>